0: Out there during quarantine. I know I just got a notice that my county is extending the shelter in place for a whole another month, so <sighs> try not to go crazy. And I hope everyone's doing okay out there and staying safe and doing as much self-love and self-care as possible. Uh, last week's episode was really heavy. <laughs> so I thought uh, this week do something a little more lightweight. I was inspired by my talk about intuition last week and how I ignored it and I felt it um, specifically in reference to some of the sexual abuse. And I thought, wow, you know, we should talk about intuition because I I can't even count how many times I've heard other survivors say that they had a feeling whether they knew consciously that something was wrong and they ignored it or they just had that hunch but everyone has said that there was some instinctual alarm going off that was telling them to run or that something was wrong and they didn't listen so and I think we can all relate to that I certainly um felt that a few times in my relationship and uh you know again sometimes there are things you can't really do about it because you have a child or there's finances and you're you're in physical danger you know or in my case wasn't even just a child but you know I, I really did love this person and, you know, what am I going to do, split up our very long-term relationship and our family because I had a hunch, you know? So I, it, there's no blame placement here, Um, but I do think that we can learn from what we ignored and hopefully go forward in life listening to ourselves and listening to what our intuition has to say so, so that we don't come across these people um. Uh, Or we'll come across them, but at least not let them into our inner circles ever again. So what is intuition? I found a couple definitions that I really liked. There's, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, and I'm very sorry, to this gentleman named Francis P. Choll, or Choll, from Psychology Today. And he said, intuition is a gut feeling or a hunch It is a sensation that appears quickly in consciousness, noticeable enough to be acted on if one chooses to, without us being fully aware of the underlying reasons for its occurrence. And then Deepak Chopra said that intuition is, quote, a form of intelligence that goes beyond the rational mind. He even stated that some cultures see it as a way to eavesdrop on the mind of the universe. I love that (laughs) so much. Because for me personally, I, I have a more spiritual definition of intuition. To me, I feel like it's our soul speaking to us. It is our, our inner being. It is our, our light. I, I think Leanne Oten, uh, Shout out to the Awakening Women podcast. I definitely re- recommend that to any of my ladies out there listening. But I feel terrible if I'm getting the credit wrong here, but I think she was the one that said intuition is when you just know something and you don't know how you know it. And that really stuck with me too. I I mean, it could be a more... I do think it is a primitive part of the brain, but I still think it is something very special and protective. It's our guide. It's kind of like our North Star, if you will. And the last definition that I really loved was from this website called jackcanfield.com. And he says that intuition isn't loud, it's subtle, and that it communicates in different ways for different people. And so it says you could receive visual messages such as images or uh, visions that unfold like a movie. You might feel it as a hunch could be a thought it could be words that just pop into your head um it says you know your intuition can also speak to you in physical ways such as you know goosebumps discomfort in your gut a feeling of relief or a sour taste in your mouth and the big question is why do we ignore it sometimes and you know like I said before I think it could be Love. I think it could be fear. It could be finances. It could be children, and I think even for me, sometimes I think the irrational side of our brain comes in and starts to argue. You know, why are you feeling this way? Oh, you're just paranoid, or you're just... And you know, obviously, it doesn't help when you're in a relationship with a narcissist because they're already making you feel like you're too sensitive, you're hysterical, you're. You're crazy, you're to blame for everything. So when you're getting these hunches, you're thinking, Oh, well, that's just an extension of that. That's just me being this crazy hysterical person, you know, ignore it, because that's that's not a real thing. Come on. And then I think your brain has all these negative thoughts and then you're just arguing them away. So there was there were several instances in my relationship with my narc where I should have listened you know the one I mentioned last episode when I felt violated and uh, taken advantage of after our first sexual encounter and I I didn't know why I felt that way and I did and then I ignored it and completely forgot about it like for years and years and sometimes the memory would come back up in my head and I would just brush it away not realizing until very recently that that was that was one of the the biggest red flags in the beginning that I should have looked at um i think that really demonstrated from him a lack of respect and uh a lack of boundaries um the i feel like the biggest the biggest uh instance where i ignored my intuition was I never felt like he loved me. Um, I I can't tell you when this uh intuition, when this feeling, this hunch had started, but I know without a doubt the last few years of our relationship there was a significant doubt and I I couldn't I could kind of pinpoint it at sometimes cuz I, you know, he would tell me that he had resentment towards me and you know the constant blaming and the critiquing and how nothing was ever good enough and he'd come home from work and even though I had taken care of our child all day and done, you know, xyz, he would find one thing that was not done and then he would be in this, you know, horrible mood and complain about it. So, I mean, those things we're definitely there and I acknowledged it but there was also this feeling of I just wasn't I didn't feel like we loved each other on the same level I felt like I always loved him far more than he loved me and sadly that ended up being <laughs> accurate I did I, I don't know I just uh I felt he was very un unattainable and distant and that started manifesting in dreams we would and also we would have these whenever we would uh, fight and he would blame me for things and criticize me I would tell him like you don't love me I would cry and say you don't love me you don't love me you hate me he would tell me oh of course not I don't hate you I love you but that to me was my inner being my energy my light was telling me that you are correct in this assumption this person really doesn't love you because (laughs) I didn't know he was a narc then but he is a narcissist and he's abusive and no this isn't this isn't love like it should be I I don't even know if it is real love uh I don't even know if they're capable of love at all maybe they're capable of love in their own twisted dark way but i felt like and i still i i feel like he didn't love me i look back on the relationship and i think he loved the way i made him feel and i think he loved having this person around that he could off of for compliments for love for the attention for the affection that I would try to give him you know I think he I think he fed off of that and that was and that in his mind was love you know but yeah I mean there were other things too like I would try and look into his eyes and have like a moment and he would he would do these little it was so subtle he would look away and he just he wouldn't he seemed almost uncomfortable making eye contact with me and there was always that nagging feeling there that this person doesn't love me and it started manifesting in my dreams and I would tell him this a lot I, even when we weren't fighting I would tell him oh, oh my gosh I I keep having these nightmares where you're leaving me. You you dump me and then I'm trying to find you and I'm searching and I'm searching and I'm, I'm devastated and I can't find you. And again, I think that was my intuition somewhere in my brain was aware that this person is out of reach and you will never get them. You're going to keep looking for them and you will never be able to get them. And you will never be on an equal plane of love and connection. Another... Thing was, he, God, whenever I'd try and hold him, like I, sometimes I just wanted to be held after a long day, he'd hug me, kind of pat me on the back, and then I could feel his body pulling away from me. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty. but looking back, I, I remember in my head in that moment wondering, God, why is he always trying to pull away from me? And I would tell him that sometimes too, like, why are you rushing this? This is, you know we're a couple we're parents we've been together years why are you not showing me affection and the excuse was always you know work and I'm stressed about finances and things like that I mean it's like okay every single time it, it can't be like that sure every once in a while totally understand you're not in the mood to do that and you're overwhelmed with with life stresses but for it to be this constant pattern of the weird eye contact, the pulling away with his body. I mean, something was clearly wrong. And another f- another example of where I d- I ignored my intuition was his fake crying. It didn't happen often, but it happened a lot in there were instances in the beginning of our relationship when we'd fight and I think that was uh I was seeing love bombing in action even though I didn't know what it was at the time and then uh after he had left me the night he told me he didn't want to work on a relationship anymore and that he was starting a relationship with this other person in his life it I remember clearly it was clear as day the times when he would cry and there'd be a voice in my in my head and I'd think is he really crying like this this kind of seems like a joke like like you're watching a bad movie like b-movie acting and then another voice my rational mind would come in and be like oh my gosh you were such a jerk how could you how could you think that this guy loves you he's feeling so much remorse he's sitting there on his knees begging you and he's He's crying oh my gosh you're you're such an ass like how could you think that he's fake crying people don't do that they do (laughs) you know I mean maybe he was again I don't know I guess it depends from arc to arc whether these things are within their awareness or not like did he know he was fake crying was he trying to and it that's just how it came off and I could instinctually sense that he was forcing it we'll never know but bottom line that voice inside my guide my north star my energy was telling me this person is not genuine in their most vulnerable emotions that is a red flag that is extremely alarming when someone is crying to you it should be a thousand percent genuine. There should be no question, especially when it comes to resolving a really bad fight as a couple. I mean, come on. <laughs> or say any other type of relationship, if this is a parent, if this is, you know, a best friend, something like that. Th- th- some of these relationships, I mean, th- the level of intimacy, the vulnerability needs to be real, you know. And uh, another note was my family's intuition and this I found really interesting (laughs) and uh, I had some conversations with my family after the split and some people, they were telling me things that were completely true and uh, I was shocked that they knew that because they were things that I had noticed that I had not realized were flags, red flags so my sister-in-law had noticed that his posture and his walk were very strange and there was something off about them and it i actually kind of laughed when she told me this because i used to tell him that sometimes i'd say to him you have such an interesting walk the way you carry yourself i've never seen anyone walk like that before and I'd think oh that's so cute like oh my guy's so unique you know and his posture too you do this weird thing with his shoulders when he'd sit down and looking back on it I guess I feel like that's what the, this whole show is gonna be I should have changed it the name to looking back on the relationship because <laughs> everything is just the hindsight is insane right when he walks it's Almost like he is trying to be someone else. It, I can't describe it. I, maybe there are listeners out there who understand what I'm talking about. There's something weird about the way he moves in his body, almost like he's uncomfortable in his skin, which I think makes sense considering, you know, these are narcissists we're talking about. Uh, they are unhappy with themselves, they can't face it. So, why wouldn't their physical body start? showing signs of it and even when he would adjust his posture he just he seemed so uncomfortable and like he was trying to convey a certain presence or personality and she also noticed that his smile and his laugh seemed fake and that was that was a like a just a light bulb went off in my head and then I started thinking oh my god his laugh yes the narc laugh is so forced that narc smile is it's it almost looks like it's painful like this again with the the genuine emotions you're just not seeing them there were times when he would look down at me when I try to make eye contact with him and he'd do this weird smirk and I always just thought okay oh my guy's got this really cute you, you know quirky little smile but it's it's not again my gut was telling me the tears aren't real the smile is strange it doesn't seem genuine it doesn't seem authentic his laugh seemed forced he had a very weird laugh And again, if someone's listening to this who has had no experience with narcissistic abuse, you're probably thinking, okay, this chick is crazy. (laughs) She's so mean. But anyone out there, you got to tell me, I know you have experience with this. There are physical signs that these people are not comfortable in their own bodies and in their own lives, in their own skin. And I think that's how it manifests because they will never admit That they are flawed or at fault for anything. And I think that unhappiness comes out physically. Just my opinion and my theory. But anywho, my brother also noticed that uh, at some of our last family gatherings, he seemed very fake. And that he, in particular, one instance that stood out to him was that he was telling him a story yeah, uh, he was telling my ex a story, and my ex seemed like he was pretending to enjoy it and to listen. And again, a lot of people, when you know you're with your significant other's family, it's awkward and weird. But put that in the pile of all the other evidence. i I, I think it's a bad sign, right? And also, my parents, Uh, And myself included, near the end, probably around the last year or so, we just had all gotten a hunch that something was weird and something was off with him. I didn't know at the time that they felt the same way. Uh, Of course, it was when it was too late that I found that out, but they said they noticed whenever we'd bring our son up and come and visit that he was changing and... They noticed the same changes I noticed, which was his lack of empathy and his judgment of other people. And I had those same exact hunches, those same feelings. You know, there'd be times where we would be out going for a walk and talking in the way he would talk about, you know, like people with mental illness, homeless people, overweight people. He'd tell me, you know, overweight people made him sick, things like that. I, I, I just kept there's that voice in my head and, and, and my soul kept saying, oh, my gosh, you know, are are we changing? Are we growing this far, far apart from each other that I am very, I am a very empathetic person. And this guy is just going so off the rails, the things that he says about people. I didn't realize that it, it was a superiority for him that you know everyone else is flawed and has all these problems and they need to fix this this and that and wow you know i i was scared because i remember thinking one night i was thinking i don't know if we're gonna work out i don't know how i'm gonna be with this person if this is how they view other people this especially if it comes to homeless people with mental illness uh you know talking about uh, criticizing people's looks, this one person he was talking about oh he's you know he's he's fat and he's sweaty and gross things like that i I don't see people that way, and to hear your significant other thinking that way about other people it was really scary and I was thinking this is't the guy that i you know that I first met all these years ago that i was I didn't know what was happening, and i think the the further and further away that he grew from me it's no coincidence that the abuse was escalating and that his mask was slipping and i think that's what all of my family and i were seeing and why we were getting those hunches in the end was because the mask was slipping and we were starting to see the real person Okay, so how do we strengthen our relationship with our intuition? So I had actually mentioned this to my therapist the other day, and he, the first thing he said I thought was a fantastic point, which was you need to do the trauma work. You need to work through your trauma. And once you work through that, then you should be able to. And I'm sure I I know a lot of you warriors out there can relate to me on this. I am struggling with this so hard that I'm having trouble differentiating between what is my trauma and what is my intuition. You know, what is my anxiety, my my paranoia of uh, letting further narcs into my life and what is my intuition. So he was saying, you know, work through this trauma. So whatever way you need to work through that, do it. You know, All, I am so <laughs> I am a huge advocate for self-love, self-care, as- especially after just the wh- horror that we've been through, what these people have done to us. Work through that trauma in whatever way, or healthy way, that would safe way that works for you. My therapist and I are doing EMDR. I know that doesn't work for everyone, but that is something that we've started, and so far that journey is working very well for me. I would talk to a therapist if, or maybe if you can't afford that or because of COVID you don't have access google some some ways I'm going to talk about some other things that could help um with your trauma too I would hope and then also with the getting in touch and strengthening your intuition but please do get help I mean regardless of whether you're strengthening your intuition or not we have to work through this trauma because it is debilitating I mean it, it's it's <laughs> I can't put into words how horrible trauma is from this. So after so trauma work would definitely be a big important one. Another one that I have tried and I and all of these I really want to do more of is mindfulness. Sometimes when I'm walking my dogs I'll kind of go through the five senses and just tune everything out and I'll ask myself, what are you hearing? And then I'll go through that. I'm hearing the jingle of uh, their leashes. I'm hearing cars driving by. I'm hearing people laughing. I'm hearing, you know, uh, if it's the fall, you know, I'm hearing the crunch of the leaves under my shoes. What do you see? You see the sky and the clouds What do you smell? Maybe you smell fresh cut grass, things like that. So really go through the five senses and just focus on each of the sensations and just be in that moment, you know, nothing else, just you. And I find that that really helps me get in touch with myself meditation I have not done enough of and I'm really meaning to I keep telling myself every day we got to do this more it's really hard especially with being in quarantine and then being a mother and I'm having this loud child (laughs) in my house but the times I have done it it is so calming and peaceful and you just get into this very zen state and I I can't recommend that enough I really really need to work on it because I think that is a, a stellar way to get in touch with yourself with that inner voice so you can hear it louder and clearer the one thing I have been doing a lot of and I recommend highly is journaling I I just write out all the emotions even if it's the middle of the night I grab my phone and I'll write on the little notepad and I think that is another great way to just hone in on what we are feeling and what we are saying inside and just just letting it pour out and I think the more we focus on our feelings and the less on the thinking part You know, I've been reading this really great book. I'm going to probably do individual episodes on the books that I've been reading that have been really helpful. But there's this book called Whole Again by Jackson McKenzie. Uh, I'm still working my way through it, but he talks about how to just sit with the feelings, even if they're unpleasant, sit with them, focus on where you feel them in your body and try not to to think because we we overthink and we start trying to rationalize oh okay well uh, maybe I'm feeling this deep sadness because so and so said this and he sent me this horrible text and oh maybe I'm having this thing from my past come on you know and that stuff is obviously fine but at first I think initially just sit with it and just feel it and kind of work your way through it and then you can analyze afterward again I am not a therapist or a counselor so I could be totally wrong about this but I'm just letting you know what's worked for me and what I think is helping me to strengthen the relationship with my inner voice because of narcissistic abuse we we lose we lose touch with ourselves and we struggle with self-love self-esteem self-confidence I think we need to continue working on the love we have for ourselves and the respect we have for ourselves because once we get to a solid foundation, we will trust ourselves more. And that's something I'm also working on is once you have that love and that good relationship with yourself, you're going to trust yourself. You're going to trust yourself so much more. So when that little voice perks up, and says something to you you're gonna go oh okay yeah let's listen to it because I love me I trust me I respect me and I'm gonna honor myself and I'm gonna honor that voice because that voice is trying to protect me or it's trying to guide me in the right direction and another thing would be just practice listening I'm really trying to do that just practicing it. So every time there's a decision and anything that comes up, I try to just see if it's saying anything. And again, you know, uh, disclosure, don't rely completely on your (laughs) intuition. Like you do need to use, you know, common sense, things like that. But my takeaway here is don't ignore it. Because I think that is one of the things, unfortunately, that has hurt us is i i can't speak for all the victims out there but we are a lot of us at least are people pleasers and very empathetic and we overthink and we worry <laughs> at least that's you know where i come from and you you ignore it you know and you don't want to hurt other people and sometimes that voice is telling you to run but you know you're afraid to run or you're afraid to hurt someone you know things like that so we just we need to try and respect it and to honor it and listen to it okay so those are just some of my suggestions but there are other suggestions I found online that I really liked and that I want to keep incorporating into my practice my healing journey which was uh, pay attention to your dreams. I saw this on this website called MindBodyGreen.com. And they're saying, you know, they make this really good point of you're letting the cognitive mind rest. And then the dreams are a safe and very open space for your subconscious mind to kind of run through the events of the day, the emotions, of the day you know any types of scenarios that play out in your head focus on those pay attention to those because those could be things you know like I was saying my dreams were telling me that this person was not uh, obtainable he was out of reach for me because I wasn't paying attention to what I was feeling in my waking hours so things like that Getting creative, I love this suggestion so much because anytime, you know, you're drawing or, you know, doing scrapbooking, knitting, yoga, things like that, you clear your mind and you're in such a, almost a hypnotic state that I feel like once everything else is quiet around you and you're just with you, with that precious being, then you're going to start again to hone in on that voice and those feelings inside of you another great suggestion they have on here is to spend time in nature and I I can't agree with this more in any of the times I I know it's hard because we can't you know go to beaches or anything like that but if there's any type of you know green belt or trail any places you can hike that are you know open right now if you can stay safely you know six feet apart from other people spending time in nature you're just you know you're taking a break from your phone and you're out in the quiet you're hearing the animals and the leaves and maybe the water again just quieting everything down and just listening and being with yourself being with your best friend the person you can count on the most you right Another great suggestion from the website called Hey Sigmund, like Sigmund Freud. Um, And I can post the links in in the episode descriptions or on the social media. On this website, one of the ones I loved, which is perfect for us people who have experience with the energy vampires, is be deliberate about the people you hang on to. So the people that are in your sacred space, that are in your life, try to keep only those who empower you, who love you, who respect you, who respect your boundaries, who lift you up, inspire you, anybody who disrespects you, criticizes you, uh, makes jokes that hurt you, just anyone who drains you emotionally, physically, spiritually, try to keep them out of your space because that is going to generate a lot of noise. And then again, we're not hearing what our inner voice has to say. And that's, that's crucial. So I want to start ending the episodes on a lighter note because a lot of the material is going to be heavy and depressing. (laughs) So I want to start doing kind of like a segment of things that I'm loving right now, just to end things on a more positive note and to leave you feeling better or good. I when I played back the last episode on sexual abuse I just I was so down I just <laughs> felt terrible and I was like oh my gosh I need some joy I needed I need a distraction so what I'm loving right now I am so obsessed with Some Good News by John Krasinski you can find that on YouTube uh, any of my fellow Office fans out there Jim Halpert he is such a doll and just the fact that he's bringing Happiness and joy, and sharing all these stories from around the world, where people are helping each other and going above and beyond uh, to be selfless and to contribute to their community, to their loved. I mean, it's just it's inspiring, and it, you can't help but smile or laugh when you watch it. So, I highly recommend some good news. It's so cute. And he does such a good job, and there are some really fun, uh, quick celebrity cameos that I really enjoy. I'm also watching this new show called Defending Jacob on Apple TV. I've been watching the episodes, air quotes, with my mom. We just kind of text each other as we watch the episodes at the same time, and it has uh, Chris Evans in it, Captain America yeah it's a it's like a murder mystery and it involves his son so it's getting pretty juicy and intense like I mentioned before I'm currently reading Hooligan by Jackson McKenzie which is a beautiful book it's been really helpful so far and I will do another episode about that um, going over my takeaways I highly recommend that book And lastly, I just watched this movie called Ready or Not, and it's, like, a a horror comedy, kind of, maybe not even horror, but, like, a thriller, but this girl gets married in the family she's married into. It is a complete nightmare, and, I mean, it's gory, and, but it's, it's funny, and, I don't know, it's kind of campy, but it was a fun time, it's pretty short, it's, like, an hour and a half, but... I'm a huge horror movie fan so if anyone else out there uh, is in the horror movies and is in the comedies I do recommend that one yeah so I really hope the things I suggested I hope if even one of them stands out to you and it works that would be amazing I'm going to continue to try everything on this list to just get in touch with myself get get close to who I am again you know I feel like I ignored uh, that inner being for so long that I need to meet her again and get used to her and listen to her and honor and respect her it almost reminds me of (laughs) the force from Star Wars I am such a nerd I have no shame but you know when you meet people and sometimes you feel a weird energy or even a good energy there's sometimes there are people they just they scare you and you don't know why or they kind of weird you out this guy's kind of a weirdo or this lady has got a really just bad energy coming off of her or sometimes you see people and they just light up a room and you can feel all this joy and genuine love and happiness emanating from them I do. it is almost like the force that there is good and bad and there are these energies you know that we all give off that we all f- have and I feel like that's what our intuition is is our personal energy and I hope that all of us survivors and warriors that we can get back in touch with that beautiful voice that beautiful person and hopefully we will never let someone like this again into our lives If you are listening to this and you are still with your narcissist or maybe it's, you know, a boss and can't get out of that job. If it's a parent, a sibling, if it's someone in your church, anything like that. I think just keep your head up and stay strong and try to find ways, you know, still, still hone in on that voice and practice and listen to him or her. And hopefully down the road it'll... It'll protect you and help you to navigate your way through the abuse if you are still stuck with your abuser. To anyone who is still in any type of relationship with their narcissist, I send all of my love and light to you. You are amazing. You guys are heroes. All my warriors out there, I love you all. Keep rising. Keep shining. You are more than enough. Let's keep our head up through this COVID. We can do it. Stay strong. I love you guys. Good night.